0: Ravage Love. Oh, come all ye. It's episode 535, season finale, season five, Ravage Love. Hi, Julie. Hello, Renee. How are you? Are you so good. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. Happy 2024. We are, um, yeah, this is our last episode of season five, our last episode of 2023, but do not fret y'all, we are coming back, we were truthfully, yeah. we're gonna be honest with y'all, because we love you, and this is a safe space, we weren't sure if we were gonna continue, we thought yeah. maybe, you know, five seasons, good round number, right, but mm-hmm. the people wanted more, Renee, the people- Numbers don't wa- lie. Numbers don't lie, people wanted more, the feedback's been great, and so- Buckle up, buckaroos. We're going to bring you more smut in 2024. Uh, more weird shit, more beautiful stuff. Lots of longing, lots of yearning, lots mm-hmm. of people having sex with inanimate objects. We bring it all to you here on Robert's Love because we give the people what they want.
0: We really do. We're also coming back with merch. Woo! I had some. Yeah, I had some stuff uh made just to see if it was good and it was good did you get your merch julie
1: oh i sure did i sure did so glad
0: i also sent out a hat to one of our listeners in bc Ooh. and yeah and everybody seems to love it so i guess we're doing it i guess we're doing it we're gonna make nothing out of it but what matters is that y'all can represent
1: Y'all can represent, and you can carry some joy in your heart and uh, on your bodies in support of this wacky little adventure that we started uh, to connect with each other during the global COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we're just so stoked that everyone is still joining us on this journey. And I am beyond excited to come back next season and, you know, bring you more joy. But I... I nailed it with my final book of season five. I did not know this going in. This might be one of my favorite books of the season. Uh, It's definitely, it might, yeah, it might be my absolute favorite this season, but it's definitely in my list of like favorite books ever read for the podcast, which is high praise.
0: No kidding.
1: High praise. And you know what it was? It was what I've learned now. Five seasons deep into this bad boy is People make fun of romance. People have always made fun of romance and chiclet and all this stuff. And now that romance during the pandemic really popped off, you have, you know, even chapters and all of these like bigger stores having big prominent romance displays at the front used to be tucked into the back, right? Hidden in a corner. Now they're prominent displays in the front, but many of them, there's this running joke that keeps showing up on social media of like how they all have cartoon covers, right? Yeah. And so they look really chaste. They look really sweet. They look really, no, 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 nay, nay. What we've learned here on Yield Podcast <laughs> is that sometimes the cheesiest, corniest, most chaste looking cartoon has filth on the inside. <laughs> and that was this week, Renee. And I'm not fucking oh. mad at it. Whew. Okay. Okay. So I read.
0: High praise. I
1: Oh, yeah. I read a book. That has a cartoon cover, and it's called A Merry Little Meat Cute. Huh. That smells like cheese to me. It but does. I thought. But one, it's a book written by two well-loved best-selling romance authors. Julie Murphy, so already both well. Julie okay. Murphy, many of you might know her as the best-selling author of. Dumplin'. Remember? Uh, Oh,
0: I saw the movie. Yes,
1: So it was a book that got turned into a movie and it's like a plus size pageant girl, right? Is that Dumplin'?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it.
1: Yes. So her, Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone, uh, who's a USA Today bestselling author, collaborated on this book called The Merry Little Meat Cute. And it took me by surprise in the absolute best goddamn way. I'm just tickled by this book. And I'm going to tell you multiple times in this episode, y'all, you want to read this book. So, Teddy is a porn producer who has a child in art school and another child who has a um, fair trade sex toy company. And he is, you know, dealing with a divorce and all of these things. And so he's trying to find avenues to make more money because, uh, you know, with people pirating porn, it's not as lucrative as it used to be. So he decides he's going to get in on the, like, sort of Hallmark Christmas movie racket because they are cheap to make, quick turnaround times, and people eat them up, Renee included. Mm-hmm. So he decides to try his hand at what they call Hope Flicks, so it's basically the Hope Channel aka the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> and he's also very desperate to not overlap both worlds because the Hallmark Channel, Hopeflix so Hope Flicks is what I I gotta make sure I say it right. Uh, obviously very chaste, like they kiss, and as you know they're very, like, it's like a peck. It's not, no one's fucking, there's maybe simple, but it's not, they're not spicy at all. So he doesn't want want people viewing Hope Flick's movies to be like, isn't that the guy who made pornography? So he's trying very clearly <clears throat> to separate the two. He has an unfortunate um, experience, an unfortunate incident that happens where he loses his main star, who's a former child star, and this is going to be her big like comeback role, and half of his crew... So he's like, fuck, I gotta Shit. shoot I gotta shoot this thing over the holidays, quick turnaround, and I am now desperate for a leading woman and half of the crew. So he takes a bunch of files of all of these auditions and stuff and takes them and meets goes to meet with the director who's this like queer hipster woman. And he's like, We gotta find a new lead and we gotta do it quick because we gotta get this person flown out to Vermont to a city that is called Christmas Notch, Vermont, which is a real- Oh my God. In the, in the book, they're like, it's a real place, but it basically has just become the background for all these Hallmark movies. So he grabs all the stuff, goes to this meeting with the director. Unknowingly, a folder from his porn productions gets thrown in there. And so the woman is going through and she's like, oh yeah, I remember her. She wasn't great. And then finds this picture, very saucy picture of this woman. And he, she's like, I think this is the one. And he's like, oh my God, you can see her tits. Like this, what the fuck? No. <laughs> he's like, uh, but, but, she's like, no, there's an energy about this. I love this. She's a bigger girl. She looks kind of like alternative. I feel like that would be a really great way to like push Hope Flicks without like really cramming it down their throats and forcing their hand. It's like subtle enough of an alternative. And he's like, yes, yes. She came up in art school and does alternative indie like art house films so this could be a big break <laughs> for her so he is casting the beautiful b hobbs who is a beautiful like plus size alternative model on what is basically OnlyFans. she's shot porn but she does most of the stuff through OnlyFans, and she's worked through with him for some of his productions and she had wanted to break into the mainstream field but it is notoriously difficult to go from porn to making mainstream cinema and so she's really excited nervous but really excited at the prospect especially because she finds out that the lead in this movie is a man named nolan shaw who's a former boy band member <laughs> who then had a scandal uh, so they got he got screwed over his boy band got screwed over by their manager so like big time Backstreet Boys sort of energy uh, he was the bad boy of the boy band they were killing it around the world she grew up like obsessed with this boy band and then their manager stole a bunch of their money and so they had to basically start their lives over he got a gig singing at the Olympics and then ended it by having an orgy with all of these athletes <laughs> and then got busted, and so he's trying to like re like basically fix his image because his mother is unwell and he needs money to be able to support her and his younger sister, who's still in high school, um, because his mom can no longer work. And what I fucking love is you assume, based on tropes from romance and Hallmark movies, that it's like cancer leukemia you know shit like that right no she's bipolar so his mom is mentally ill and that's why she can't work and at no point is it sort of like treated any differently as it would a physical illness which was one of the first things that i truly loved about this book so he's got to get his get his comeback but also his manager is like keep your fucking nose clean dude don't be fucking everything that walks don't be having another goddamn orgy like you want to have a squeaky clean image So that hope flicks, they're taking a chance on you. Don't embarrass me. Meanwhile, B is like having to do the same thing. And then she's like, I got to act like I'm just some art house film student, uh, actor. And I don't absolutely, for sure, don't have an OnlyFans. I'm definitely not a sex worker. I am Chase as Chase can be. She shows up to set. Like, obviously smitten because this is her childhood crush that she's Mm -hmm. opposite of. Turns out, he's a top-tier follower of her content. (laughs) (laughs) So she rolls up, and he's like, this is quite literally the woman of my goddamn dreams. I have jerked off to this woman so many times. But obviously, she doesn't know that. So there's this cute little sort of, like, he's hiding trying to stay like oh yeah i've cleaned up my image and i'm good people and she's like yeah i'm just this art house student and he's like i know you're not that art house student but i don't want to tell you that i know that so that's the premise of this movie is they are given clear instructions to be chased as fuck but it's hard because they're both super attracted to each other for different reasons and then eventually they have this meet up in the costume room where she asks him for some help putting on her costume because it's a Regency Christmas movie. It's called Duke the Halls and it's like (laughs) her. And there's all these like very funny moments where like because he Teddy lost half of his crew he ends up hiring his porn crew but one of them thought it was called Dick the Halls and so he shows up (laughs) Knowing what it's a like, knowing the story, but thinking it's a porn. So he's bringing like sexy corsets and like assless chaps and shit and like all this <laughs> stuff. And they're like, no, wrong tone. Read the room. And so like, but again, they can't say why they were hired from porn because then it would blow the fact that Teddy's not actually. Ch- anyway, so it's like this very funny storyline of like these hot gay men who are like trying to make him look super sexy and they're like this is for the hope channel like what the fuck (laughs) so it's yearning it's like all this like will they won't they and they're in this room she's like i literally can't because she's a big girl she's like when i put this corset on like i'm basically suffocating myself because my tits are up to my chin so i can't put it on and then put the rest of my costume on can you help me And there's this, like, super hot scene where he's, like, putting her stockings on for her and realizes, like, I'm into it. And they basically just dry hump each other. And then as he's about to come, he says her porn name. (gasps) No. And then she realizes, oh, my God, he knows. And they have this incredible conversation about it afterwards. And they fall in love. And then decide like clearly this has to end. You're in Kansas City, I'm in LA, and they're like let's make it work. They have a happily ever after. Yay! It's so realistic and so good. It is unbelievably spicy. And it's just it's a tiny detail, but there's a whole part with a horse, right? Cuz it's a Christmas movie and it's a Regency romance. And the name of the horse is Whitney Houston. Like <laughs>
0: I fucking love an animal pun name so much. Fuck. Can't even tell you.
1: Can't even (laughs) fucking tell you how much I loved it. I was like, this is cinematic. So the whole, even if I didn't know this was the woman who made Dumpling, like the entire time I'm reading this book, I'm like, this needs to be a movie because it's so like it's almost satirical in that it's like playing on these tropes of Christmas movies, but they're still serious. Like it's, it's so cleverly done that it doesn't feel like satire, but it's definitely like flipping all these tropes about a romance on its head, which I fucking love. And so things that I loved about this book, there's so many things that I loved about this book, but there are elements that I like just really stood out to me. So one, like, Yeah, like, this, again, what you would see in, like, a typical Regency romance situation, like, you know, even, like, a Bridgerton situation where there's, like, yearning intensely, right? So, like, dude is getting horned up, just, like, delicately putting her stockings on, but yet it's, like, set in a contemporary time, and I'm like, yes, yes, foreplay, here for it. Uh, Again, like, they're in this cloakroom they didn't expect to fuck, so they realistically don't have condoms, and so they just, like, dry hump each other until they both come, and so, like, there's condom usage, which you know I love, there's, like, explicit conversations around consent, he never denigrates her for being a sex worker, and at one point, like, kind of asks her about it, but in a way in which she, like, because you, you see that particular chapter from her perspective, like, she's, like, it doesn't feel gross and, like, um, exploitive or, like, sensationalizing, like, oh, tell me about your worst day on the job, but basically just was, like, yeah, like, how does that impact your sex life? And like these different things. And she talks about like, as they're fucking, she's like, Oh, I really like to be fucked really deep because in porn, you can't, you don't really get deep. Cause you have to like show the angles and stuff. Right. So she's like, I just love these particular things that I don't get to do when I'm shooting, which I thought was really awesome. Um, and there's a scene where they're about to like fuck for the first time. And he's like, pushed her up against the wall and they're making out and then he starts like fingering her but then everyone's a while he can feel her like tense up and so he like stops and checks in and he's like are you okay and she's like yeah i'm great i'm great and then he's like okay and then he goes back to doing what he's doing and then he's like no like i can feel you tense up and then he realizes that she's like sucking it in because he's like fingering her standing up and so he's like stucking in her stomach and it's her like still having fun but like subconsciously being like oh I have to like suck it in and like so otherwise he's like touching my tummy and that's like not hot and he's just like I literally paid money to watch you fuck yourself like I think you're so hot don't do that like and then he starts like rubbing her tummy while he's like finger banging her to like make her feel comfortable about it and like talks about how beautiful her body is but not in a way that feels like fetishizing but just basically being like you don't I don't want you to feel self-conscious like just be yourself like you're hot the way you are and like she's so into it because of that and again it doesn't come across as like condescending like oh like oh this man is like willing to fuck the fat girl you know like it's just done in this way where he's like i think you're so fucking hot and i want you to feel hot too and like if you're not feeling hot like what can we do to make you feel hot do we need to like find another position do we need to do another thing like just like so like body positivity but in a way that doesn't feel like corny like the typical like don't worry girls like a boy will want to fuck you one day you know it's just so good like there was no like chubby chaser nonsense fetishizing it was literally just like she is a thick woman who likes to fuck and he thinks she's super hot and like then they have all this beautiful romance and then they talk about how like yeah that she's like you know it's not I'm not you're not blowing my mind by telling me you want to fuck me. Men do that all the time. That's my whole job. It's like men telling me how much they want to fuck me and worship me and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I also want to be cherished. And I don't want to just be seen as, like, a porn star who will do freaky shit. But I also want to be known as, like, I also deserve to be cherished. And he's like, I want to cherish you. And you're like,
0: oh, yeah. uh, ah, just once. Just once.
1: Cherish a bitch, you know? Jesus. I know. So... I, like, it's so spicy. It's so consensual. There's, like, tons of condom usage, and it's, like, normalized, and it's hot. There's, like, dirty talking. There's the yearning. There's the banter. There's the, like, we need to be quiet because people can't know that we're fucking because we both agreed to keep it, you know, to be chased on this thing so that we don't piss off hope flicks. Um, it's really smart. Like, the dialogue is never cheesy. And the characters don't feel like caricatures, like her queer friends don't feel like, oh yeah, it's so over the top, like, flamboyant gay man, you know? Like, um, at one point, they go because this whole town, their whole thing is they're basically like Christmas themed. There's like a Christmas themed strip club, <laughs> and like they go to it and they get like a private dance, and they're like being really nice to the sex worker, and like they're paying for dances, and like they're paying, they're tipping at the thing. Like, it's just like pro sex work body positivity consensual uh loving but also filthy and 10 out of 10 honestly so love it oh my god Renee, i can't even tell you so accoutrement we're giving it stockings because that whole scene was just like mm, mm, so hot
0: and i know you love (sighs) stockings i love
1: hosiery I love hosiery, I love lingerie, I love heels, and I also love the worshipping of femme things, like, I love to worship femme things, I love my femme things to be worshipped, there's just, like, a lot of femme worshipping, and, like, true worshipping, not fetishizing, which was delicious, and then, like, she, like, again, because they're just, like, dry humping, he, like, comes all over her, like, thighs, and then she comes all over herself, and then she, like, takes the stockings back to her room, and, like, keeps wearing them, because she's just, like, mm-hmm, I get to, like, carry him with me for the rest of the day, and you're, like, Yum! Uh, on this, like, very pure, like, movie set of the Hallmark Channel, you know, you're like, yes, creative ways of doing smutty things. I'm here for it. So, accoutrement, we're getting stockings, and five out of five candy canes for spice, because it's a long book, but it's not like it only gets spicy at the end, too. Like, there is some spice throughout, which I appreciate. So, there's a slow burn romance but there's no slow burn on the filth. And again, the takeaway here is do not underestimate cartoon covers. They often hide the
0: filthiest
1: shit you've ever read.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love it.
1: A Merry Little Meet Cute by Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone gets all thumbs up by Julie LaLonde. And that's, that's why I feel mm-hmm. so great about ending the season on this particular book. Cause I was like,
0: Top shelf choice. So that's me. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. How
1: about you, Renee? How was your final book of sixty-five? <laughs> five?
0: So I actually read three different books this month to use for the last episode. And I, none of them like were good enough. Right. So I read one that was a Nutcracker retelling. And it was very interesting. It was very long. It was um it it was like a legit novel but I read it in one sitting it was very good. Um then I read one today where a woman fucks a christmas tree. Oh my. Yeah, but here's the thing is that he turned into a man after and then he had to like fight off Krampus and then there was like a threesome. It was alright uh but it wasn't it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. I was like I don't want to do another Krampus book. I already done Krampus this year. Um but then I saw this book And even though Krampus is one of the main characters, I've never read anything like it, and I'm glad that I did. So I read "Deck the Halls with Desire." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, "Deck the Halls with Desire." Yeah, by Millie L. Grimm. And (laughs) so my book opens with Santa Claus. Santa is pissed. He is furious because Krampus, who is his arch nemesis, has stolen Vixen the reindeer. And it's Christmas. It's Christmas Eve, and he's like, "How the fuck am I supposed to deliver gifts with with uh, with Vixen gone?" Like I'm furious. So he can't fly a sleigh, right? So he jumps on his snowmobile, or as we say, the zamboni. <laughs> the old jumps on his in. old skidoo, and so he jumps on his skidoo, and he books it out to Krampus's lair. Um, so he busts in, and Krampus is there, looking delicious, because um, Krampus is delicious in every book I've ever read with a Krampus in it. Um, and very feminine. This Krampus is definitely a bottom. I'm just gonna say that right now. Um, but a bit of a brat. Okay, so he has stolen Vixen. And the reason he has done this is because um, Krampus is like Prince of the Forest, basically. So Krampus loves animals, cares deeply for the forest and for wildlife and nature and things like that, and uh, can talk to animals. And Krampus knew that Vixen was unhappy. And Santa's like, how could he... How could she possibly be unhappy? Like, we take really good care. We're not hurting our animals. And it turns out that Vixen was just, like, really lonely. Vixen had gotten her eyes on Krampus's reindeer. Um, and needed some company. So Krampus borrowed her. Even though it was Christmas Eve. But we learned that Krampus had ulterior motives. We also learn that... A few decades ago, when Mrs. Claus left Santa Claus uh, because he would not retire from delivering gifts, um, he and Krampus spent a night together in a Snowden cabin and things got spicy. Now, Santa Claus has pushed it from his mind because he's Santa, right? So he's the spirit of goodness, the spirit of joy. And Krampus, to him, is the opposite of those things. He's evil. He's a devil. He's the worst. Um, but Krampus also hasn't forgotten about that night. And in fact, he wants to do it again. So he's called Santa over by stealing his reindeer and he says, okay, yeah, you know what? I'll let, I'll let your reindeer go. Um, but come with me first. So he ends up locking him in uh, his bedroom. And he's like, I'll let you go when you come. And Santa's like, no, Krampus. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Fuck off. I hate you. You're the worst. Blah, blah, blah. And Krampus is just like loving it. Right. He's loving this banter. And I'm like, no means nobody. Like, no means mm-hmm. no. But but Krampus is also like, well, he really wants it and he needs a break. But it's Christmas Eve. So Santa can't like get his mind off work, which was the reason that Mrs. Claus left him. Okay. It's, it, it's going to be okay right there's three books in this series it's gonna be okay so um, Krampus ends up uh, going down on Santa Claus and Santa Claus at first is like I can't like this because it goes against everything I stand for but he leans into it and he gets his dick sucked and so (laughs) Krampus is like okay well you're free to go and he's like Okay, and then Krampus is like, but, you know, I want my gift from Santa. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you never give me a gift, and that's what you do. So what I would like for Christmas is once you're finished delivering your presents, I would like you to come back, and we'll pick up where we left off. And Santa's like, I don't know. Now, Santa isn't like an old man. Santa is like a buff like just chiseled silver fox of a man um he's ageless right but he's spicy has a bigger dick than krampus and i think they did krampus dirty in this book because they described his dick as petite and i was like "Mm, is it though like would it be? I i don't think it would be because he's humongous but i digress so santa is delivering all these gifts um he's he's tired he can't stop thinking about krampus he can't stop like adjusting his own little package you know what i mean um and he's just like man oh fuck but then something happens where he he's just checked off the last gift on his list and then a new name shows up and it says chris and then it says naughty now this doesn't typically happen because there is a naughty list, but he keeps it far away. He doesn't want to see it. So there wouldn't be any naughty kids on this list, but he thought maybe because like the name maybe popped up as he was delivering gifts for the good little boys and girls. He was like, I better go check it out. So he lands on this building. It's an apartment. He goes inside. Um, and he, uh, he notices like a tree knows all these things. Um, and whenever Santa, like, pulls a gift for the kids out of his bag it, like just materializes the perfect gift so the bag had materialized a little gift so he brings it with him he goes into the apartment and then he sees krampus <laughs> sitting there like giving him the eyes and he's like oh my god how did you do that how did you fuck with my list and and all that stuff and he's like oh is that my present and he's like, "Yeah." So he goes and he takes the present. While he's opening it, Santa Claus notices the tree. And the tree is decorated with all of these glass ornaments that are just um, little glass ornaments of Krampus and Santa Claus fucking. Oh. Yeah, like all different kinds of positions. And Santa's like, don't hate it. I don't. Ha- I kind of want to do all of these things, but okay. And he's like, "Where did you get these?" And Krampus is like, "Oh, I made them." And he's like, "You, you're very talented." And he's like, "Yeah, I could do all kinds of things." Uh, so, um, Krampus opens his present, and inside is a ball gag. And he's like, "How did you know exactly what I wanted?" And he's like, "I didn't. I didn't pick that." And he's like, mm, "I guess. I guess your bag just knew." And so he like. He basically says, you know, I've been really naughty and I want you to punish me um, for Christmas. So don't, don't like not give me my Christmas present. So he puts the ball gig in and like crawls on the couch seductively and Santa's like, you got it. Um, And then he, he fucks Krampus and uh, they love it. They have a great time. Then they decide like. Like they're cuddling and shit. It's really sweet. And Santa can't stop looking at Krampus and his cute little face. And so they decide they got to keep it on the DL because of the nature of of who they are in in folklore. But then Santa says, you know, well, the the elves usually go away um, after Christmas uh, to get a break. And I'm going to be all by myself at the workshop. So Krampus is like, I'll see you there. And so the epilogue is Krampus, like Santa doesn't. Think Krampus is coming? Um, he he waits for a long time, but then Krampus shows up like almost in full drag, like in like these thigh high stilettos, like leather stilettos, and this big coat, and he's like naked, and, like makeup beautiful, uh, and he's like, now I get to punish you, and he does, and that's the book. Damn. Uh, yeah, I it, I was not, you know it hasn't been done. <laughs> so uh, we've, we've read people having sex with Santa Claus. We've yeah. read people having sex with Krampus. Yeah. Never once have I read a book of Santa and Krampus together as one, <laughs> uh, because typically they are the yin to each other's yang or brothers or something. And so uh, the fact that they're kind of like enemies to lovers was really hot. Um, and I get that there's a bit of dubcon, right? Like no means no, but it worked. It worked. I'm sorry, it worked. Um in the real world where there's no magic, no means no. Every time, guys. No if, ands, or buts about it. However,
1: if Krampus was when real, you, yeah.
0: It it in as far as ageless gods are concerned, um, who can read each other's minds, right? <laughs> Sometimes no means yes. Sometimes no means yes. Only it only in those circumstances. So it was short and sweet. I'm very happy I read it. It was like nonstop spicy, but it was also very funny. So, um, accoutrement, uh, I'm just going to say a ball gag because I've never read a ball gag scene where it was like hot, Mm. but it was hot. Like there's a whole part where Santa's like dominating him and then he like moves the ball gag away just enough so he can like stick his tongue in his mouth and i was like okay all right let's do that now so and also um just like on the side just like a little christmas ornament i think that's that's a nice gift it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck you but also here's a present right like you can keep it you can keep it i think that's nice you should you should really give gifts to your lovers right? It's oh, yeah. some people's love language, right? Just give them presents. Why not? Yeah. Consider it an offering for the pussy you're about to receive. <laughs> and or butthole. Anyway. um, That was it. My There were there was no nuance in this story. I have nothing to add. Your book, though, sounds delightful and I may <laughs> even read it. Because um, it sounds is like a lot lot's going because on. Because
1: that is not usually your
0: jam. No, and you know what? Honestly, like, Ernest romance books make me sad for myself Mm. (laughs) and I don't like I don't like that energy but I'll take cryptids and folk gods and things railing each other any day of the week because it's just fun and like yeah sometimes I'm like oh man I wish I could get railed like that but that's not the point the point is just let's go on a roller coaster together and have a good time let's see what weird bizarre stuff this author has sprinkled in and this one gave me something that I thought was hilarious. Um, because this book is from the perspective of Santa Claus, Santa beats himself up a lot because he ends up saying bad words because Krampus just gets under his skin. But throughout the whole entire book, it's very like it's very much like Santa it, Santa's thoughts are putting like Christmas things in instead of saying bad words. So he never says, oh my God, he always says gosh and I thought that was really clever this book was very very cleverly written it was well written um, it was hot as fuck I don't even know what to say so just uh, come along with me while I read this little snippet from my yes, book
1: Yes. Uh...
0: Um, it is not PG this is a rated R reading from Renee rated R Cabana Marshall here we go Ooh. <coughs> here we go and now Krampus I will take you he declared Krampus let out a guttural moan, but Santa wanted more. He tugged the ball gag slightly away from Krampus’s face, allowing the Prince of Frost to move his lips. What say it? Santa demanded, his voice stern and commanding like that of a master. This was not the Santa Claus everyone knew, yet in another sense, it was profoundly him, a deep, dark, delicious part of himself that he had never allowed to surface until now krampus seemed to be for the first time in their tumultuous acquaintance at a loss for words (laughs) he was huffing his cheeks flushed santa tightened his grip around his cock i want krampus breathed and santa pulled on his horn bringing their faces together again what do you want krampus i want you to fuck me the man's voice was then pleading breaking with pleasure Santa licked over his trembling lips, keeping the ball gag just slightly away from Krampus's mouth. "'Say my name.' "'I want you to fuck me, Klaus,' Krampus said. Growing impatient, his ass bucking into Santa's groin. "'Oh, mother of trolls. No, my full name,' Klaus demanded, straightening his back and pressing his rock-hard erection against the demon's ass. Krampus's eyes flashed with defiance for a moment before he obediently whispered, "'Fuck me, Santa Claus.' With a loud plop, Krampus, er, claw- <laughs> claws let the ball, uh, let the gag snap back into place, silencing the troublesome prince. Unable to wait any longer, Santa swiftly pulled down Krampus's pants to his knees, just enough to, mother of Christmas, those pearly white firm buttocks. The runes continued on them, Santa, forgetting everything else, dropped to his knees, seized Krampus's buttocks, spread them, and began to eat him out without hesitation. Krampus's entire body quivered. Santa Claus is eating my ass. I'm eating Krampus's ass. The realization struck both men at the same time, arch nemesis by nature, but it only added more fuel to the flame. Krampus gripped the back seat of the sofa and bucked his ass towards Santa, who was devouring the pale white skin, licking with his tongue, gently biting, as his hand instinctively found the dark-haired demon prince's erection again. Krampus let out a delighted whimper and began thrusting into Santa's hand. Thank you. That was deck the halls with desire um i think that's a
1: wrap dude there's absolutely nothing <laughs> i can fucking read that well that's just the perfect note to end on ravage love season five <laughs> krampus and santa just fucking railing each other yeah that's it that's that's santa a wrap Claus
0: is eating my ass that fun- Merry christmas everyone <laughs>
1: Thank you, all
0: of our friends and
1: listeners, for your <laughs> loyalty, for joining us. Um, there's really nothing left to say.
0: Everybody who really wanted to hear Julie Reed is just going to have to go read the book. Yes.
1: Uh, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It is a banger. And I'm going to read
0: it you've sold me on it. You don't have to read mine though. I mean, you could if you wanted to, but you don't have to. No no pressure.
1: Uh great cuz I'm not going to.
0: <laughs> I'm not I'm not the Krampus in this relationship pressuring you Santa Claus to read a book. <laughs> like I I would never. Um except this except the other day when I was like you got to read this scary book. I promise it's good. That's different. Uh, I am the Krampus in that situation, but it's it, different than this book.
1: Absolutely. You know when I mean? it yeah yeah, you're the one who reads a lot of horror and spooky and haunted stuff in your you know for fun and that is not typically my jam but every once in a while you'll read one that you're like i really think you would be into this so i love those recommendations i will not be reading this particular book but i did (laughs) thoroughly enjoy the journey of listening to you talk about it and reading it so fuck me santa love that thank you for bringing that into our lives and a true heartfelt thank you to our listeners for continuing to download our episodes and review them and y'all follow us on instagram and you've been checking out our website and you send us funny memes and reels and recommendations and we love it and like i said Real talk. We were thinking this was going to be it, but y'all just want more. And so we're going to give it to you. So this is a symbiotic relationship, listeners. (laughs) Bless. Season six won't quit. Season six, we will be back for Valentine's Day 2024.
0: Love it. I already have like seven different Valentine's Day books to pick from. (laughs) And they're all just goofy.
1: I love it. I love it.
0: But I, you know what? I love you, and I love, love, you. love sharing Valentine's Day with you, my love.
1: As do I. Likewise, buddy. Thanks for five seasons.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> That's wild. That's uh, wild. Holy shit. Well, I, I've loved every step of the journey.
1: It's really about the journey and not the destination. <laughs> 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 because when they were one set of footprints in the sand, Renee. I was carrying,
0: <laughs> just like you carry this podcast. <laughs> you want to sing us out? <laughs> sure, do, buddy. <clears throat> Pull
1: it together. Ravage love, ravage love.
0: Santa's eating my ass. <laughs> hey. <laughs> The show is created by Kevin McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushikiami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com.